Welcome to another episode of Dad's Drinking Beer, Talking Baseball. I'm your host, Pete Smick, and I'm here on a fine Sunday afternoon, walking my dog, looking at the people, watching the horses go by, asking myself one simple little question. Who are the New York Metropolitans? Now, I'm a Yankees fan. This is not something I normally care about, but we have to care because it is a very slow, painfully quiet week in Major League Baseball. Yes, the winter meetings have come and gone, and we're sitting here as we watch our football team's dreams die away, wondering what our baseball teams are going to do. Well, the New York Mets have made a move. Nope, not that move. They have made a move, though. They have signed Wilson Ramos to a two-year deal. And I like this, but it doesn't matter what I think. Again, I'm a Yankees fan. It's weird if I like this. So we're going to have our correspondent Dan on, and he's going to give you the real scoop. So sit back, relax. Grab a beer koozie, maybe even a beer to go with it, and stay tuned. Hello. Hey there. Welcome to another episode of Dad's Drinking Beer, Talking Baseball. I'm your host, wow. Pete Smick, and I have our Mets correspondent, Dan. How are you, Dan? Doing good, Pete. How are you? I'm swell. And it's the off season, and the most exciting thing that happened today is Wilson Ramos. So, I mean, I could be better. We could have more going on, but I want to know how you're doing. I'm, I'm excited. I, I think it's the it's kind of the best case scenario. Uh, they didn't have to give up uh, any major league talent to get a catcher. They didn't have to give up any sort of draft pick compensation to sign Grandal. Ramos is worlds better uh, than anything they've put forward in the catcher position and. I don't know, seasons upon seasons. He's a real bat, which the Mets need. So this, and it wasn't even that, that long of a commitment. It was like two years or something like that with, with an option. So it's great. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it seems like a very clean, no-brainer move for them. You know, they don't have to give up. I mean, what's this talk of giving up Syndergaard? Obviously, as a Yankees fan, I was licking my chops, but that wasn't going to happen, <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it seemed ridiculous, but enough reporters that I follow uh, were giving a credence, so I got a little scared. Um, I think Van Wagenen is kind of doing this thing where he's engaging everyone on everything, and maybe that's just what he's used to doing as an agent, and so that's creating a lot of buzz about crazy scenarios that don't make any sense, and of course everyone freaks out about it. It probably wasn't really ever going to happen, but it, it was scarier than, than, than I wanted it to be. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, I, I kind of love it because I, I personally have always felt like this, this whole, like, oh, the Yankees and Mets don't trade. And it, it, I mean, they, they did trade, what was it, 2004? Was that the last trade they made? Oh, the Mike Stanton, Felix Heredia trade? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, if you want to tell me it's like Red Sox, Yankees, okay, or like, you know, Mets, Phillies, whatever, whatever you want to call it. But, I feel like in some ways it's uh, get ready for the terrible dad pun. Um, it's uh, sort of the tail Van Wagen in the dog with this team. You know, it's, oh, it's, that's rough. it's, uh, it's, everyone's going to think all oh, the Mets are going to do this. Well, I think it's just the GM is being proactive and ch- trying to change the culture, right? He's not going to make the Wilpons do anything. Yeah. And it's also, it's also kind of like, you know, like when you, when you were before you were a dad and you were in the dating scene, and you would break up with one girl, and then the next girl you would go uh, on a date with would be sort of the exact opposite. Well, he's kind of like trying to be the exact opposite of Sandy Alderson, 
who was all ah. very meticulous and, you know, uh, very conservative, very like, let's calm everyone down. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. You know, we're not going to, we're going to see how the market shapes, shakes out. I think Ben Wagenen wants to show everyone that he, he would be aggressive if the right opportunities present themselves. Right. I mean, I, I love it. And, you know, he, he's, uh, he's bold. He, he definitely is bold. I mean, the Cadeau trade, I'll be honest, I, I had my misgivings about that at first, but if they are in a win now, go for it now, does that deal look a lot better to you? I mean, yes, of course it looks good because Cano is still good, still better than anyone else on the Mets, really. So that might, sure. might say more about the Mets than it does about Cano. And then <laughs> uh, Diaz, I mean, he got, he got five years with him. Even if he has a few hit or miss seasons like relievers tend to do, it'll still be a plus and yeah, I'm gonna keep my eye on that Kelnick kid uh, because he had he was such a high draft pick and people love him. But you know, draft picks are draft picks. You don't really know what's gonna happen. He could end up being a fourth outfielder, or you know, he could end up being a Hall of Famer. That's not gonna happen next year, or the year after, or the year after that. It's gonna happen six or seven years from now. So yeah, it's probably not anything to freak out about. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited about it. I think every Mets fan basically said the same thing. That's good. Just do more stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. It's, it is a good move. If this is kind of the, uh, you know, sort of the first instinct, the, uh, the first part of a swing that demands a, a necessary follow through, if you will. Yeah. Like you, you need to go full or fuller if, if it's going to make sense, which brings me to a question. Do you see them playing big in the Harper Machado or, or any, any other of these big guys, any of those pools? No, I think if you ask me that, maybe three or four weeks ago, I would have given you a more like optimistic answer just because I would have wanted it to be true. I really wanted the Mets to target Machado going into the off season, but there's been so much, so much press about them having no interest in it. And I think that their actions have really supported that. And I think, I mean, you can't really get on them so badly for that. There's only three or four teams that are even interested in those guys. So they're definitely in the majority there. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see, right? We'll see what, what, what those guys end up getting as far as contracts go. I would be shocked if one of them doesn't end up in pinstripes. It seems like the Yankees want to want Machado, uh, more than Harper, but no, we'll see how it goes. You, you guys have a tendency to, to change course at the, at the last possible minute and land the big fish. But I, yeah, I never, I never really thought the Mets were serious. And, and now this deep into the offseason, I would say that it's a 99.9%. No way. I got to tell you, I, I feel like the Yankees change course more than my kids do, you know, <laughs> the morning before school. What do I wear? What do I wear? It's gotten to the point where I, I make them set their clothes outside the night before because I don't want to deal with that. But we can't seem to get Hal or Cashman or any of them to commit because, you know, the Death Star, you know, it may wake up one day and want to fire off at, you know, Tatooine or it may just decide to, <laughs> you know, holster its jets. I don't know. I mean, if they don't do anything else, I think that they're still very much uh, a real contender. Well, I mean, they would have been even if they didn't do anything at all, I suppose. But I don't think they need Machado or Harper to be in the conversation. There's just a little bit more pressure on them because their main rival won the series. So that's, you know, that makes everyone want that knee jerk of now go get the biggest fish you can find. Sure. Well, that's the thing that makes me really wonder about this whole thing. You know, are we going to see like Texas Rangers year 2000 with A-Rod where you just have an owner like a Reinsdorf who, you know, they just want to be relevant. They're going to 
spend and they're going to set a record and you know there's opt-outs so chances are they they're off the hook in three years if if everyone wants to be I mean do you see that happening or do you think it's just you know maybe Machado said he wants to be Yankee and he really means it I am a little leery of the 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 integrity of those kind of statements after the Patrick Corbin but again that was his brother his his relatives that were fans you can't turn down 40 million dollars just sitting the White Sox are not going to let up. I think that they're they're really determined to get one of those guys. And for some reason, maybe it's my hatred of the city of Philadelphia, I, I like the White Sox better than the Phillies to land one of them. And But that has to be if the Dodgers and the Yankees mm-hmm. don't just make it happen, you know, uh, and, and, and wipe those two teams totally off the board. Uh, I could see Machado going to the White Sox now because, what, isn't Alonzo his, like, brother-in-law? They were talking about that. And then, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely savvy a move. Try. And then, savvy move. I mean, I still think there's a chance Harper goes back to Washington. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Especially, I mean, they, they, they've made some moves to improve. Uh, you know, certainly since the the close of the season, and I I will never underestimate uh, Rizzo after that. Patrick Corbin move because oh look I don't believe the whole thing about how he was just close to the GM that I don't I don't believe that but I do believe that you know he has a good read on the market and he knows what he's able to do and the learners are deep pocketed and they want to win so I never underestimate that I think you have a, a good insight there that you know that may be a very wide open door even though there's, it looks like there was some cracked. strategy there where it was like we're going to give him a very nice but not exorbitant offer at the end of the season and then we're going to publicly say that was our offer and let him go do his tour, you know, get the song and dance from everyone and then know that he can always come home. And because these guys are always signing these contracts now with these opt outs and what, how old is Harper? 25, 26 years old. It, it, this doesn't have to be yeah. the end for them. They could sign, you know, after a two year or four year opt out. And if they, you know, blow the doors off with a few MVPs, you know, one in each league for those guys. They can they can try again, try their luck again, and I think that that will happen probably for one of them. Yeah, I think that's that's very likely, and it would be kind of funny. I mean, the prodigal son returning home—he's been partying, he's been, you know, <laughs> testing uh, the market. But you know, you know, the learners are going to keep those arms open. They're going to sort of, uh, but the interesting know, lay thing low is, until then. The other side um, of the devil's advocate element of it: do they need? Do they really even need them? I mean, they have sure. a good outfield coming up with uh soto and i mean like yeah to say does anybody really need bryce harper but i mean they might not no i think you're right i I, look who is it um their their right fielder was supposed to be up before soto and then he had a a hyper extension of his elbow i know this because i (laughs) drafted him at a fantasy league and very at the very end of a draft uh, victor robles uh, right and uh yeah, yeah he's Victor Robles, yeah, he's fast. He he showed some real gap to gap power, or line to line gap power at the end of the season. Uh, he's very promising. I mean, they can't seem to keep um, Adam Eaton on the field, but if they can, he's yeah, that's I a mean, great three. Like I right said, there. I don't think he's as much of a necessity. I think you know Bryce Harper fits in the Dodgers, you know, uh, outfield, and if they can move one of those right-handed bats, um, he would be. He would be perfect for all intents and purposes, but I guess they have to be willing to want to pay him. 
Oh yeah, I mean the, the, the thing with Puig, I wonder if he's not um, he's he's on his way out because he's been grumbling about the playing time. And I mean, in some ways, I don't blame him because you know you're you're Puig, you've been there for some time, you're finally kind of getting your act together. On the other hand, he hit like two hundred yeah, against more left-handers. Anomalous. You'd have to believe that that would that would come around again. But actually, to bring the whole conversation full circle, and now that we're talking about Puig. The question I was wondering, and I saw someone write about this, is what happens to JT Riamolto now? And you have to wonder if the Dodgers jump in, and if you send Tweed back to Miami, you, you don't think that they would like him in Miami? Just, oh, my goodness. It would be amazing. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it would be a win-win for everyone. Prospects like Verdugo or whatever, but at least you get the big ticket. You know, They, sure. could, they could draw you know, 25 more fans down there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everyone counts. You know, it's it's like the, the the box of cereal that's running low. You know, there's only six pieces left, but you know if someone you know killed it. Um, yeah, I I think that's that's. I mean, look, I think the Dodgers are probably the best fit for him anyway, uh, Real Muto, because you've got obviously the established pitchers, but you've got younger guys coming up. You got guys like Bueller, like Real Muto adds something. Can you imagine them not dealing with? Grandall's pass balls. I know that was more of a playoff thing, but I think that would just really uh, push them to the next level. And it's kind of hard to say that about a team that's been to the World Series two years in a row. Well, who but is there? That would have made a difference. Thing about, I think the Marlins I, overplayed their hand here. Who's left now? The Dodgers obviously make yeah. a lot of sense. Is Houston still looking for a catcher? I don't know, but they 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 played so hard against the Mets to get either you know one of the two outfielders or or the shortstop, and uh, they were I think they were leaking rumors left and right to try to force uh, Van Wagen to pull the trigger. And now you look at it and all three of their division rivals figured out their catcher situation and there's not a lot of options left. Right. Yeah. And I think Houston, uh, they added Chirinos who, I mean, Better. yeah, Rio yeah. Moto is, is, is preferable, but, but I mean, that's, they're not screaming for that. They definitely need pitching. Uh, I could see them trying to go for a Granky. I could see the Phillies trying to get Granky. You know, he, are, are they salary. on the uh, the fabled fifteen team no trade list? <laughs> that's the question. Apparently, they are. Apparently, they're not on that list. As same with the Reds, uh, but I have to verify that. Um, can you believe well, that? I mean, it's like half. Yeah, the I mean, right I, I suppose literally it's just, half the league. Just trying to to take as much control over it as possible, but. Um, I don't know if they get and they get to change those yeah. heading into each season, right? Yeah, they do. They do. And I think they try to, you know, it's funny as fans, we always think, oh, you know, I wouldn't want to be in uh, Miami right now either with that rebuild. But a lot of times it's there's so many more things. It's not just, you know, I don't want to live in the city. It's sort of about the marketability. It's sort of about, you know, the big picture. I think what you're alluding to there, it's it's. So, I mean, I don't know. Granky, he's always seemed like a guy that teams like the Yankees were leery of because of, you know, maybe he just screams small ta- you know, small market. But, I mean, he was good with the Dodgers. Well, so, the Yankees I wouldn't close the door. Trying to get another starting pitcher. They are still targeting starting pitching. That's the rumor. I don't think they'll go for a Granky because I, I think they actually are trying to save up some money for Machado and these guys. But, but they are still going for another pitcher. I think if they can – you know, I heard a rumor that they might even consider a six-man rotation, which I don't, I don't know about doing that for a whole year. You could do that maybe for a stretch here and there to kind of give guys but their breather, options but... now have become more limited because with the moves that Cleveland made, everyone's talking about them hanging on to their big two there. Uh, and Syndergaard yeah. seems to be off the table if he ever even was for them. 
uh, is Bumgarner going anywhere? Are they going to wait till July to figure that out? That's the thing I've been wondering too. It, it does seem like they would do well in July to kind of go for him and, and in terms of not having to maybe give up as big a piece. But I don't know if you're, if you're a Zaidi, don't you want to just kind of get the most you can? And I think come July, I mean, you're running the risk of him getting hurt. You know, maybe he hits the dirt bike again. Maybe he, uh, maybe he's, you know, he's a big game pitcher. He's not going to necessarily put his best work up in like meaningless games in April, if we can call them that. So I, I think you run a little bit of a risk. On the other hand, maybe you give him a chance to go out there and establish his, his, his work, you know, after a full proper, you know, spring training. And, but I think it all depends on the offers they're getting. And that's a weird team right now. They are very much, I think, a team that should be rebuilding. But, you know, they're a proud franchise. I think if anything, they'd rather retool than rebuild. I feel like this year they, they kind of are rebuilding, though, right? I mean, they didn't play. In, I didn't see them in really any real rumors for anyone. So yeah. I think if I'm the Dodgers right now, I'm very happy with the way the the uh, division is shaping up. They the Arizona's pretty much packed it in. They could they could say that they're not, but mm-hmm. they did. And you know, Colorado's still for there. sure. Sure, they're, they're they're probably the big the big competition there. But San Diego's not not a real player this year, and there's no way the Giants are going to be any good. So the Dodgers have a real clean yeah. path, not only to the playoffs. We might see them again losing the World Series again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I would love it to be the Yanks, you know, face them one time. So at least I could be happy one way or the other. I mean, I have a little bit of, of uh, allegiance to the Dodgers just being out here. And but I got to tell you, like, that's the worst to, to lose two years in a row. I mean, it was hard when the Yankees lost. You know, you, you know what that's like. Not, and that's not a, a dig. You know, but you know what I mean? Like, it's nice to get there. But by the time you get back, you really want to just close well, that I thing down. Well, I would say that. Uh, and I've had a lot to think about as a Mets fan over the years that being one of those teams that is always in it, but never wins it. I could see being a worse thing than being a team like the Mets who they're only in it when it feels like a freaking miracle. So there's so much euphoria surrounding just showing up to the dance that you can walk away from it. You know, I walked away from 2015, you know, mostly happy, with the fact that they were there, sure. but, you know, I can only imagine what it was like to be the Red Sox for so many years or the Dodgers now or the, even the Braves. Right. I mean, like how many times did the Braves blow it? In the oh, 90s? so I don't know. I, that's not a legacy. I think the Dodgers or their fans really want, want to be building right now. No, and isn't it a little bit interesting that Stan Caston is the common denominator for both the Braves yeah. and the Dodgers? That, that's a little unfair, but it's interesting, right? Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. And I think that, that, that I, I, I will start to feel bad for the Dodgers after some amount of time. I, I, don't, I don't do it now because they kind of feel like they were the West Coast Yankees, but they're, they're one step closer sure. to having my sympathy now that Chase Utley has retired. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. the little things, right? I mean, uh, I know someone, someone on Twitter was like, they, I think that Major League Baseball's account put out a question of like, what's the best player that you've ever seen in real life? Yeah, and I think Andy I Martino that. of SNY said, Utley, and I – I think I commented like uh, the Phillies version or the Dodgers version because it's a real question. If you're a Mets fan, you'd much rather see you know an older Dodgers version you know doing a dirty slide than uh, what he did. I as mean, a that's just a, a preposterous answer to that question. Andy Martino is probably forty. Like he's definitely seen Ken Griffey Jr. play baseball. Like I, mean, I know. 
That would have been my answer. I mean, there's so many. My, Mike Trout. Mike Piazza. I mean, he covers the New Yorks. So like, what about yeah. even A-Rod, despite all the drugs? <laughs> Come on. Sure. Yeah. I mean, nothing against Utley. You know, he's a UCLA guy. It's 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 great. But, um, yeah, not, not – uh, Let's just put it this way, though. I was I was terrified every time he came to the plate in that 2008 World Series. Oh yeah, that was uh, because he <laughs> that just was the worst World Series. As a my gosh. <laughs> oh, uh, but I have a feeling you guys, in some small way, were actually happier to see the Yankees beat them because well, let's be honest, everyone hated the Phillies then. Like they were right in the middle of their run. They had just won the year before. But I can't speak. I would Mets say fans. that of all the times the Yankees have ever been in the playoffs, I was the least annoyed about them being victorious. That's as much as I can give you. Yeah, that's pretty fair. That's fair. I, I I'll tell you this. I in 2006, when the Mets were playing the Cardinals and the Andy Chavez catch, and I was rooting hard for the Mets because I, you know, just the Cardinals. They were just, they're just an annoying franchise. I'm sorry. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, and as as we are to them, you know, we're they're the second. Uh, I think they have the second most uh, titles after the Yankees. So, you know, they've got a little catching up to do. But that was that seemed like a miracle going the Mets' way, and yeah, it was just deflating. Yeah, that, that had shades but, of uh, of '88. Although I can't attest to really remember '88 as much as I want to. I was only eight, but the better the better team sure. lost that series, <laughs> and when when. When you're Absolutely. the fan of the better team, especially because Detroit was cake. They, the, the Mets could have could have beat them in four games. Uh, God, yeah. Oh. I don't want to talk about 2006. That's like I moved from, from New York to L.A. the very next year, and that's I, like, wiped it from my memory. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, that, but didn't that didn't that Detroit team give the Yankees fits, though, if I'm not mistaken? That's the it's weird It's hard to remember. I might not have been I, paying as much of attention to that because I was, like, again, in that weird Mets fan euphoria of, holy crap, we're going to win the World Series. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I remember it was uh, there was definitely a period there. It might have been closer to, to 2012, maybe the second you know World Series I went to, where, you know, they, they, they had, like, Prince and they had Miggy and they just – they had like Kenny Rogers. They had these guys that gave the Yankees fits. Um, it's weird. There's always a team like yeah. that. But I'll tell you another team that really had a tough one is the Rangers. Oh right, they had they lost back to back like 2010, 2011, or something like that, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. That was uh, that was a tough one too. But you know what? We have a lot of things to uh, to fix in our teams before we could be so lucky to lose a World Series, though. So. What's your uh, what's on your wish list this week? Like, what's the next thing you want the I think Mets I will to echo do? Most educated Mets fans in uh, being very interested in AJ Pollock, if the price is right, uh, and uh, another left-handed reliever. I don't think that, or a left-handed reliever. I don't think that uh, what's his face um, Miller or Britton are reasonable things now for the Mets. But you know, uh, I heard some whispers about Oliver Perez. I think I'll pass. Maybe Tony Sip, uh, <laughs> you know somebody, somebody that with a little bit more a pedigree for the left side uh, out of the bullpen would be nice. And then you know maybe another bench piece. I think the biggest problem the Mets have have had, or maybe the, the thing I've noticed about all the really good teams like the Dodgers is depth. Depth is the game now. I mean, you have yes. to be able to just assume that your key players are going to miss time, and you have to have other key players to be right there to play. So uh, the Mets could could build a better bench. I love it. I mean, the depth is key. I think that's why um, 
the Dodgers did so well. To your point, you know, they Saidi's a brilliant fantasy football player, and they they say that apparently he will trade for guys that you've never heard of, and he'll put them to you. It's the same way they ran that team. I don't know if that'll change now that he's at San Francisco, but uh, the strategy's there. The blueprint is there. Um, last question on the Yankee front for you. Uh, there were some rumors about. Uh, what's his name? The, the first baseman you guys had that, you, that the Nats oh, stole from you. Help me here. Murphy, thank you. Uh, Murphy's interested in being a Yankee. I mean, you know, this is all good PR, but what do you think of him? Obviously, defensively, he's not a stalwart, but what do you think of him for I the think Yankees? There is no better free agent fit for the Yankee than Daniel Murphy. I think he he's played in New York. He is uh, – a great left-handed hitter, arguably one of the best left-handed, just pure hitters, still playing. He would do well in that stadium. You ha- you guys have an opportunity to put him at first where he can be have his defensive liabilities most mitigated. And then really all you have to worry about mm-hmm. with him is, you know, a few homophobic comments in the press and maybe some base running gaps and you're good. You know – we should all be yeah. so lucky, right? If that's no, truthfully though, I, I I really do love Daniel Murphy as a baseball player because he was so instrumental in in what he did for the Mets in 2015, and I think he would be a great fit for the Yankees, and I would root for him as much as I could, even though he'd be wearing pinstripes. <laughs> uh, that that says a lot. That says a lot. You know, I definitely view him as a very nice to have for them. You know, once they deal with the, maybe the Machado situation they kind of walk down that path and they're meeting with Machado on Wednesday so we should at least have a sense of that conversation and that alarm you hear is the sound of uh the the Yankees uh, brass pivoting to Bryce Harper (laughs) well on that note uh it's been great having you and we'll definitely have to talk soon and and see where these uh, waters take us uh hopefully it's a little less calm a little more yeah I, I, I will take that not Braves not no, tomahawk chop. No, that's just far to too clear. offensive for this this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sir. You be well, and uh, until then, all stay thirsty, stay hungry, have a Snickers, have a payday, whatever it is. It's the holidays. Treat yourself. Don't cheat <laughs> okay, yourself. Thanks, Pete.